Podcast is yours, Ryan Coyle, joined by Joe Komets tonight as we do a combination. We have our college football uh, playoff title game preview between Georgia and Alabama, as well as our top 10 college basketball games of the weekend. Going to combine these two shows in the one touch on the college football playoff um, at the beginning. Uh, didn't do college basketball, I believe, the last two weeks. A lot of cancellations, and last week was mostly dominated by college football, but uh, so far on the year, we like to do 10 games a weekend, but one of those games got canceled. So uh, right now I'm 9 and 10. Joe, you're 12 and 7. Um, and then the pretty crazy thing is for college football on the year, I'm 61 and 38. Joe, you're 61 and 38. So game 100 on the season of our predictions will be uh, for the for the championship winner of this year. Uh, but welcome back to the show and how are you? I'm very good. It's crazy. You know, you and I were talking right before we started recording that we didn't even plan this. Our 100th game is going to be to decide who has the better record between you and I this year. Couldn't ask for a more even year. Um, very exciting. You know, it's the bit, it's, you know, I said this uh, for last year's national title game preview, you know, it's bittersweet. You know, we have one more game left, but these, at the end of the day, these are the two best teams in the country. So I really couldn't ask for a better national title game. And I'm uh, real excited for it. All right. Well, we'll get into our preview of the playoff. Uh, the national title title game, and that's, as we said earlier, number three, Georgia, versus number one, Alabama, and the two best teams uh, all season long. Georgia comes into this game as a three-point favor. This game will be on Monday night, uh, January 10th, 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Alabama, as we know, beat Georgia in the SEC title game 41-24. to uh, I'm riding with Georgia. Yeah, I picked them in the preseason with the national title. I'm picking them to win this game 21-17. to I feel like this game is going to be a lot more of a defensive struggle. I think Georgia got to see, you know, the best of Alabama. Um, I, I just, I still think they're the better team, even though Alabama bullied them when they played earlier in the SEC title game. Um, I just don't want to see Nick Saban win his seventh national title with Bama, his eighth, because he won that one with LSU. I mean, him, if he wins an eighth national title, I mean, that's insane. The fact that he already has seven is crazy. But um, I'm going with Georgia here. I think uh, their D-line and uh, O-line are going to be the big X factor here. They made Aiden Hutchinson look like he didn't know how to play football last week or, you know, whenever the playoff was, you know, a couple days ago. And I just think they're going to be able to dominate against Alabama. And I, I think Bama, you know, we saw Bama's best against Georgia in the SEC title game. I don't think Bama's going to be able to recapture that. I'm going with Alabama. So our game, our last game of the year, comes down to to one pick. I got Bama. You got Georgia. I think Bama wins thirty to twenty-seven. Um, I just don't think you can bet against Nick Saban and Bryce Young. The one thing, uh, one set that is going against Alabama. I think it was the last five times uh, teams met up in the regular season or conference championship weekend, and then re-met in the title game. Uh, the loser won the rematch in the title game. So. Uh, with with some tape on them and, and like you said joe having played against each other already this season they kind of saw uh what each other brings to the table so be interested to see how each team bounces back but i'm taking nick saban and bryce young over kirby smart instead of bennett at the end of the day bama's five and one in the six games as underdogs under saban that's pretty insane i think that he's been coaching there since 2008 and he's only been an underdog six times uh, and that that includes this year's blowout in the sec title game where bama was an underdog uh, both of these rush defenses are top five in the country, so I think it's going to come down to who 
who can make more plays in the passing game. And even without John Mechie in the lineup, I'm still going to give Alabama the edge there and another title under Nick Saban, uh, making it his seventh at Alabama. So uh, one game for us to decide it all and for college football. Pretty exciting stuff on Monday night. Uh, now we'll segue into college basketball where we got uh, UConn at 10-3, been on a pretty long COVID break at number 24 Seton Hall. Uh, they're also 10-3. This is a 12 o'clock tip, I believe, on Fox this weekend. Yeah, UConn hasn't played since, um, I have it up right here, Tuesday, December 21st against Marquette. They won that game. Um, this COVID break has been real long. I think they're going to lose to Seton Hall, um, especially going on the road, too. It's a tough way to you know come out of the break going to a nationally ranked team, especially you know in the Big East where every game is going to be a war this year. You know We've already been seeing that. Um, I do think though, this was a blessing in disguise for UConn because they were able to get, get healthy, get right with their injuries. So, you know, as long now as they can stay healthy in terms of not getting COVID, you know, this might be able to help in the long run. But, uh, I just think Seton Hall, cause they, you know, have been playing more. I think this is going to be a classic, like, you know, UConn's going to be rusty. You know, you're going to see, I got a feeling it's going to be at the half. It's going to be a blowout. I would take Seton Hall money line for the blowout or for the first half. And I think UConn will make it a game in the second half, but I just think it'll be a too little, too late situation. Yeah, I think it's going to be a competitive battle, but like you were saying with UConn, uh, long long layoff. I'm sure they'll be fresh, but they're still going to be rusty. Uh, our team last night, the first few minutes of the game, had all these uh, weird turnovers that you know normal college basketball teams are not committing. It's just uh, you can you can scrimmage as much as you want, but nothing's like the real game. I think you kind of feel the effects of that here. I had Seton Hall by seven. Um, Seton Hall was battling COVID themselves, but they're finally fully healthy. And when this team is at its full strength, they're one of the better teams in the country, I think. I think they're worthy of a top 10 ranking when they're at full strength. Uh, great defense, a lot of athletes, a lot of length. This is going to be... and a little more uh, prepared to go into this game, 64-57. Then we got Wichita State, who's 9-4, and at number 12, Houston, who's 13-2. and Another 12 o'clock tip-off on CBS now. Uh, I have Houston winning this game. Um, I like Wichita State, always been a fan of Wichita State. Um, But I I think they're going to be one of those teams, like, they're good, but not good enough. Like, they're going to be a good NIT team, I feel like. I feel Mm -hmm. like the American is very top-heavy, you know, we saw Wichita State play one of the supposed to be upper class teams in the American in Memphis and got steamrolled at home. Now they have to go on the road to Houston, who is, you know, number 12 in the country. Some people are saying could make another run at a Final Four. I just don't see Wichita State having the firepower to keep up. Uh, I love Houston here. I think they're going to be uh, win fairly easily. Yeah, I like Houston as well. I got them 68-60. Uh, looking at Wichita State's schedule, they, they got a pretty solid record at 9-4, and four, but um, they don't really have a marquee win on that schedule except over Oklahoma State, who I think is only 7-5, and five, and they're ineligible for the tournament this year. So this is a huge game for them, and they're at-large chances. Uh, not sure if, if Houston goes to Wichita State later in the year, uh, but if they're able to go on the road and win this game at the most likely uh, American champion this year, once again, Their best, their best skill, I think, is actually on the offensive glass. They're one of the, one of the, if not the best, offensive rebounding team in the country. I just don't think the Shockers have the bodies to contain them. 
pretty low scoring game, but give me Houston 68, Shockers 60. Uh, next, we have number 10, Michigan State, who's 13 and 2 at Michigan, who I think could be the surprise team of the year in a negative way as they come in at 7 and 6 in this one. It's a 230 tip off. Uh, I think you would probably agree with this, Joe. Biggest game uh, of the season for Michigan. And I think we could see them uh, on the outside looking in this year if they're not able to win this game and turn the corner. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you know, Michigan's got their back against the wall right now. Um, I realize I've been forgetting to say my scores, but for this game, I have Michigan winning 81 to 78. I, I just feel like this Michigan team is too good. Juwan Howard's too good of a coach. Like, backs against the wall, you lose this game. Especially, like, the it, the one thing about the Big Ten, it's, you know, good and bad. It's like a double-edged sword. You have a ton of opportunities to get good wins to put yourself back in that tournament picture. But you also have very tough games where, you know, this Michigan team doesn't look like they can compete with the upper class right now. But you have this game with number 10 Michigan State. And then you have Purdue coming to your place. They win both those games. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, nothing bad ever happened. You know what I mean? But they're back against the wall in a rivalry game. That's kind of the only reason why I'm picking them to win. I think Michigan State's the better team. But when these two teams play, it's always, you know, like with any rivalry game, the old cliche, like throughout the record book, like they're always good games. It's always going to be a close game till the end. So uh, I think Michigan's going to win a fairly, you know, close game throughout. Yeah, I have Michigan winning by the same margin as you by three, just a little bit lower score and all kind of the same reason as you back against the wall against their biggest rival. Um, and if you lose this game, you fall to seven and seven. You said Purdue comes to their place next. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you could be looking at seven and eight there. And this was a team who I believe was ranked in the top 10, maybe even the top five. At the f- end. I, so. I believe they were, like you said, in top five. Yeah. I think they might have been number four to start off the season. So I think the Wolverines really do come to play in this one and get a close one against their rivals. Um, just just too big of a game. And we could definitely be seeing the NIT at best for them if, if they don't win this game and turn the season around. Now we go to the 4 o'clock game on CBS, and that's number 20, Colorado State at 11-0. I will be traveling to San Diego State, who's 9-3. Originally, we had uh, Colorado State traveling to Boise State on Friday night uh, on our schedule of Big Ten games. Um, but this is a – I believe that game got postponed, and now this game is getting played on Saturday instead. Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of benefits Colorado State in a way. Um, I think – uh, Boise State's a little bit better than San Diego State. However, I think – I really don't know what to make of this Colorado State team. You know, you see the number 20 next to them, and you, know, you see that they're undefeated. But in reality, like, looking back, I mean, they have big wins over Mississippi State and St. Mary's. But, I mean, outside of that, you can maybe argue their best win is neutral site against Creighton, who at that time, Creighton, you know, they've kind of turned a corner a little bit, Creighton. They look a lot better. But at that time, no one was really thinking Creighton was going to be that good. Um I think San Diego State's going to win a tight one here, 70-64. to 64. Uh, I think Colorado State's definitely going to be a tournament team. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep it, you know, an undefeated record throughout. Um, not really much else to say on this one, in all honesty. Um, but give me the Aztecs here. Yeah, I got San Diego State pulling off the upset as well at home, 64-62. Um, this is a team that has two contrasting styles, and I think, when you have a team that plays really high-powered offense, it go with Colorado State against a team with high-powered defense in San Diego State. Uh, the home team usually gets the edge, and especially when they have that defensive edge. Um, I think they're they're able to control the tempo in this one. Uh, the big thing is, though, they have to limit Colorado State's three-point shooting. The Rams are the fourth-best 
three-point shooting team in the country. So uh, if the Aztecs are able to disrupt them on the three-point line, run them off the line, force them into taking some tough contested twos, that's going to be big for them. Uh, sitting at 9-3, and three, a win like this over a top-25 team, uh, especially an in-conference opponent on your home court, uh, that's going to be big if they want to get an at-large bid this year. So I think San Diego State comes to play and gets a 2.1, 64-62. Next, we have another game with contrasting styles, and that's number six, Kansas, and their high-powered offense averaging over 80 points a game at number 25, Texas Tech. Uh, they play at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Watched the Texas Tech-Iowa State game last night, and I think the final was like 48-44, something like that. So uh, this team really wants to play low-scoring defensive basketball. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I love uh, Texas Tech's defense. You know, Kansas – this is going to be their probably the best defense they play maybe all season in the Big 12 at least. Um, I have Texas Tech pulling off the upset here, 70-65. Going to Lubbock is always a tough place to play. I mean, we've seen in the past, you know, when Chris Beard was still the coach of Texas Tech, there would be times where you were thinking they were kind of, you know, falling off a bit, but then they get a huge win at home, and all of a sudden, they, you know, they're bouncing right back. Uh, that's another thing that with the Big 12, too, you have a ton of very good teams quality teams and um i just think the red raiders here they're def you know i love their defense like i was saying before you know whenever you see the high-powered offense go up against the high-powered defense normally the high-powered defense comes on top so that's why i'm picking texas tech to win a close one here at home yeah i i really like texas tech i think that um that game last night showed that they were playing against number 12 or number 11 iowa state showed that they're they're worthy of being one of these top Top teams in the Big 12. The Big 12 is going to be, I think, a real battle all year with Baylor at the top. You got Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas. You got a, a lot of elite teams. Um, I think Texas Tech puts up a good fight here, but I think Kansas right now is a little bit better. I give them the 67-64 edge um, as, we, as we we're talking about. This Texas Tech team is going to try to muck it up, make it really ugly. Um, but they, they're going against Okai Abaji. He's been having a great year. Might even be the national player of the year right now for Kansas. I think he makes makes the biggest difference in this one. Makes a few plays down the stretch, uh, but the Raiders, Red Raiders, give Bill Self and Kansas a big test here. Um, but I think Kansas goes on the road and pulls out a, a big victory, 67 to 64. Um, another Big 12 matchup. We got number one Baylor, who's 14 and 0 at TCU, who's quietly sitting at 10 and 1. Uh, this is a five o'clock tip off, I believe, on ESPN Plus. I believe this game is going to tell us more about Baylor than it will about TCU. You know, Baylor having to go on the road, that being the defending national champs, you're going to get every team's best shot. Um, TCU, like you said, quietly at 10-1, but they also, like UConn, haven't played since December 21st, and that was against Grambling State. You know, they haven't played. Their last big game was, again, you know, on the road at Georgetown the 18th of December. You know, with a COVID layoff, I think that's going to be the big reason, you know, why they lose this game in all honesty. I mean, TCU is a good team. They're going to be able to, you know, get back to it. But that first game out of COVID break and you got to play the number one team in the country, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's tough, but you know, that's the way it's going to be this season. And I, uh, I just think Baylor is going to be able to control this game from start to finish. I think matching up against TCU, that's a, that's a it's a good test for Baylor to go on the road, as you're saying, Joe. But TCU having to play Baylor after this long pause is going to hurt them. Um, their TCU's two biggest wins on the year over Utah and Texas A&M, uh, both teams who aren't great, but that should be hovering around a, a potential tournament spot. 
They also have a 19-point loss to Santa Clara on their resume. So uh, big measuring stick game for them. Interested to see what they look like, what that final score is. But Baylor is just at a different level right now. I think they're too deep and too dangerous for TCU. Uh, they're able to get the win in this one. Uh, then we go to the SEC where we have number 18, Tennessee, who's at 10-3. and three. At number 21, LSU, who is 13-1, and one, coming off a pretty crazy win over Kentucky. Watch the end of that game. Uh, this is 6 o'clock tip-off on Saturday. I love Will Wade. I think he's just an absolute freak show. I mean, I think it's hilarious. You know, he was freaking out at halftime when his team didn't defend uh, defend Kentucky. I love that. I love that energy he brings. I love the energy at LSU for really any sport. LSU may have some of the craziest, most rabid fans in all of college athletics. Um, I think that's going to be the difference here. I have LSU winning a tight one here, um, 72-70, because I think Tennessee is also a very good team. I was watching them earlier in the year against Arizona when they played them at home, and I really like them. I think both these teams are going to be, you know, legit Sweet 16 Elite Eight contenders, and um, that's really all I got to say. You know, I don't, not going to go as in depth with college basketball, you know, as I am a college football. I leave that to you. You are definitely the basketball guy here. Yeah, I like LSU in this one, 66-62. Kind of remind me this LSU team of Seton Hall where. A lot of good athletes, very good defensively, uh, and they create problems for their opponents. They just kind of play uh, a physical style with a bunch of length, a bunch of different athletes they throw at you. Um, that, that's really hard to emulate and practice each and every day, and I think that gives you a really good advantage. Um, Tennessee needed overtime to beat Ole Miss the other night as a 16-and-a-half-point home favorite, so I think that those struggles are going to carry over to a road game here at LSU, like you said, with that home court advantage. Uh, should be bumping down there on Saturday night, uh, a good atmosphere for the for this game. But I like LSU to win that game. I think that they're uh, worthy of a, a top 10 team in the country, just like Seton Hall. I think they're just uh, a bit underrated right now, even though they're in the top 25. Next, we go to a team we, we talked a little bit about. That's number 11, Iowa State, who's 13-1 and one at Oklahoma, who's 11-3. A 6 o'clock tip-off here uh, on ESPN. I have Oklahoma winning this game 63-62, one-point win. Um, you know, I like Oklahoma. I had them earlier when, um, when we did, I think, our first show of the basketball season. I had them upsetting Arkansas, and, you know, they did that. Um, Oklahoma is a very solid team. They're always one of those solid teams. You know, they have big wins at home. Then they have a weird fluke loss to Butler. You know, you, you don't really know how good this Oklahoma team is. You know, they're 11-3. and three. I think they're a good team, but, you know, you we're going to see where they fall nationally. You know, with COVID this year, it's really tough to get a read on a lot of these teams. I just think Oklahoma at home, though, is going to get the job done. Uh, you know, they like to play defense. You know, they like to slow it down. We saw Iowa State go up against, you know, we were talking about that game a little bit, a great defense in Texas Tech. And um, I just think Oklahoma's defense is going to be the difference here. Very tight game, very tight win. I'm predicting they're going to have to have a, like a 5-10 point comeback late in the game. And they're going to get, you know, a couple calls that the home teams always get and pull off the upset. Yeah, that Oklahoma uh, win over Arkansas was really uh, detrimental to Arkansas. Since then, they've lost, including that game, they've lost four out of five with their lone win coming over Elon. Uh, they lose versus Vanderbilt, who's always the bottom of the SEC. And they also lost to Hofstra. So uh, that game against Arkansas for Oklahoma kind of, Really turned the season in a different direction as Arkansas was ranked number 12 then. Now they're now they sit at 10 and 4. 
Uh, and Oklahoma, that was a, a real good win for them to get the program, I think, moving forward under Porter Moser. I like them to win this game at, at home as well, 64-60. Both of these teams are going to like to slow it down. They run efficient offensive sets. They're not really looking to get up and down. They're going to kind of try to wear you out on, on both ends of the floor, take a lot of time off the shot clock. Uh, really like what I've seen out of both of these teams, though. They're both surprising. I think Iowa State was actually projected to finish last. Here they are, number 11 in the country. Oklahoma, if they win, this game will certainly be in the top 25. Uh, but I like Oklahoma. Uh, excuse me, Oklahoma's offense a little bit more. Uh, with Porter Moser as the head coach. I like his his offensive sets. Um, I think the home court advantage gives them a, a good edge here as well, and they pull off the upset. Now we go to the SEC for number uh, nine Auburn, who is on the road at, at 13 and one, and they will be playing Florida, who is nine and four, and this is an eight o'clock tip off. I can't get the stink of that loss to Texas Southern out of my head whenever I think of Florida. So, I mean, I think Auburn's going to win a pretty – I think Auburn is legit. Auburn is going to be a legit Final Four contender this year. I love what uh, Bruce Pearl's doing down there. And um, I think they're going to be able to control this game from start to finish. You know, Florida, you know, if you can't beat Alabama at home, you know, you get blown out at home, you know, lose by 13. I don't know how you're going to be able to go into Auburn and win this game personally. I think Auburn's fans out of football's over. They're going to be all in the basketball. You know, the SEC, you know, we, I said it a little bit earlier with LSU. At, at the end of the day, no matter what the sport, you're going to get sellout crowds for. You're going to go crazy for your team. And uh, I just think Auburn's going to be able to dominate Florida here. I don't. I think Florida might miss the tournament this year. Yeah, they had a home game last night where I believe they were a two-point underdog against Alabama, and they wound up losing by double digits. So uh, Florida's real hit-or-miss team, but – I'm with you. I, I like Auburn in this one, 84-75. Uh, Auburn right now is my team. I think I, I'm not saying that they're going to win the title, but I think they're going to surprise a lot of teams. They're sitting here at 13-1, and one, only at number nine. I think they're worthy of a, a top-five ranking. Um, Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith in the front court, that just gives them so much length and ability, especially on defense. A few games ago, I think it was against LSU, Walker Kessler, their, their stretch big man had 10 blocks. Uh, and I think Jabari Smith could be the number one pick in the draft. I think he's that good. Um, so I like the Tigers here at home, but I expect these two teams to run up the scoreboard. Give me Auburn 84, Florida 75. And our last game of the weekend, hopefully all these games go through. Last time we had uh, a few cancellations and we threw some different games in. Still, we're only able to get nine uh, just because just of the games being canceled. Uh, but this is our last one. Hopefully all these games happen. Uh, this is number. This is 12-3 and three Miami at number two Duke, who's 12-1. and one. 8 o'clock tip-off on the ACC Network. I have Duke winning this game here, you know, 88-78. Uh, to 78. I just, Miami, though, I will say I give the Hurricanes a lot of credit. They're maybe the surprise team of the – like, they're definitely in the running for surprise team of the year so far. No one was expecting them to be 12-3 and three at this point, especially after how they started. You know, they lose to UCF. They lose to Dayton. They lose to Alabama. They get blown out against Alabama. You know, they get blown out against Dayton. You know, you have two big bad losses early in the season at a neutral court. And you're like, oh, you know, is Larinaga maybe done at Miami? You know, has he kind of reached the peak going to the tournament a couple of years ago? Um, but, I mean, you saw Miami really turn around. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting here 12-3. and three, And, you know, in a weak ACC this year, I might add, they could potentially be the second, third best team in the conference because I don't really see a clear number two, you know, behind Duke right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, North Carolina, they were shorthanded last night. They lost to 
Notre Dame, Virginia's down. Syracuse, I believe, is six and seven now, or seven and eight. Clemson, who has been pretty solid these past few years, is hovering uh, around some mediocre records. So uh, this is a big game for Miami. I, I don't think they're going to win. I got Duke winning as well, 82 to 72. But uh, like you were saying, Joe, one of the surprise teams in the country this year, Wake Forest has also been a very big surprise this year. I believe they only have two losses as well. So you see the two of those teams are at the bottom of the conference last year, uh, bolting their way up to the top. I think it's a good test for them, though. They can Miami can kind of see where they are. If they're able to keep this a 10-point game and give them faith for if Duke's coming back uh, to Miami later in the season, give them a chance to win that. But Miami goes, wins this game at Duke. That gives them a, a lot of national notice going forward. Uh, but I think Duke right now is just, is just a better team. 82-72, expecting some good points in this one, but a, a good battle. Uh, but that'll do it for our top 10 games of the weekend for uh, just Saturday, I guess, on, on the schedule this week on, on the 8th. So uh, any last second comments before we head out, Joe? No, I think this is the first real, you know, great weekend of college basketball. You know, you're starting to see it now with the NFL getting ready to go into playoffs. You know, college football, you know, we only have the national title game on Monday. College basketball is going to really start taking, you know, center stage. And you're going to start seeing the sprint to uh, March. And, and I'm very excited for that. Yep. All right. Excited to get these games going this weekend. And we'll talk.